When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers are shut out for the second time in the last three games. Tonight's final at Rogers Place, Nashville 4, Edmonton nothing. And for the second time in the last three games, the Oilers are shut out when getting over 40 shots on net. Tonight, the Oilers with 46 shots on UC Soros. They cannot beat him. It is the most saves ever made by an opposing goaltender in a shutout of the Edmonton Oilers. 22 in the first period, 11 in the second period, 13 more in the third. The game obviously turned greatly in the second period because that's when Nashville got all their goals. They have outscored their opponents 51-27 in second periods this season. And the Oilers continue to go one up, one down, at least that's how it's gone lately. They are 6-5 and five in their last 11 games, and they continue to have a putrid home ice record. Now 5-10 and 10 on the season on home ice. That is hard to explain. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we're in Rogers Place, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. That open line number is 780-496-0063. Well, Rob, establish something on home ice come out in the first period, put the other team on its heels. If you just look at that opening 20 minutes, that's what the Oilers were able to do. They just couldn't score. Well, the, the, you would have just had all the little boxes, check mark, check mark, check mark. The, the Oilers did all the things they needed to be do in the first period. They, they were very good offensively. They got pucks in deep. They didn't give up anything defensively. They were uh, disciplined. They had energy. They were physical. All, all the things you needed to do except they didn't score. And the one fear that you have in, in those periods that if you don't if you don't put the puck in the net, if you don't get rewarded, if you don't uh, accomplish something when you play that well, that you're going into the, the intermission not feeling great and the team that just got absolutely um, embarrassed almost in the first period what Nashville was the shots 22-4 they actually feel pretty good about themselves because they weathered the storm and they know that they can get better and it always works that way that the next chance goes against you and it goes in and I don't know if it's fate I don't know if it's the hockey gods but that's what you've always seen we talked about it at the end of the first and sure enough the first shot on net in the in the the second period by Nashville one that was going high and and was over the crossbar, ends up in the back of the net, a bad break because I believe that the referees and whoever did the video missed it. I mm-hmm. think it should have been no goal. But all you, everything you work for, all that you put forward in the first part of the game when you're out shooting the opposition 27-5 to five or whatever it was is for naught because now you're trailing one nothing. 
Predators get goals from Aberg, Fiala, Turris, and Yossi. And again, those 46 saves by UC Saros. So the Oilers chase Price. They chase Pabrovsky. They are shut out by McElhenney and Saros. You'll hear from Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes. Right now, we'll go to the open line and bring Chris onto the show. Chris, thanks a lot for calling. Hi there. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. I'm with uh, Jeff Badger here. <laughs> um, I went to the game for the first night here. I've never been to Rogers Place. And I sat down, and I've never seen so little energy in an Edmonton Oilers ranked in my whole entire life. Well, it does. It probably doesn't help that they're 5-9 and nine at home. They haven't given home fans a lot to cheer about, have they? No, but, like, you're not even allowed bangers. You're not allowed air horns. You're not allowed nothing anymore. It's all against rules now. Like, it's against hockey. Like, I grew up a fan. I grew up playing hockey, and everyone had air bangers. They had air horns. They had all the works, right? Like, you can't even get the crowd pumped up anymore. It's embarrassing. Okay, thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Brian onto the show as well. Hey, Brian. Howdy. Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to just make a comment on the, on the game. Um, the Oilers did start great in the first period, uh, as you said, uh, Rob. Um, I don't know what it is about the Oilers, though, and, 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 I, and I agree with you. Like, I, I knew after the first period when they didn't score that lookout, you know, it seems like that's usually what happens is the team that gets out shot, you know, bounces one off somebody and it goes in. But uh, the the Oilers, it, even even the shots, I think we're a little deceiving, the 46 shots, I found that the Oilers started giving up. Like the, the energy, you could see it. It seems like they it, it saps out of them when uh, they, when they, you know, especially going through a, a period like the first period. They, they they just tend to kind of uh, they, they start getting tentative and they and they, they just, the energy isn't there and I know they got 46 shots but uh, I'd like to hear your guys comments on that like you notice that they kind of um, like the four check isn't as strong uh, you know they're, they're not banging the bodies you know they, they just they, they're going kind of start going through the motions well, I don't know if they went through the motions. I think that when – and it's not just the Oilers. It's any team that dominates and feels that the game is in complete control and all of a sudden one shot, they're down. Okay, we're going to come fight that back from that. That's only one goal. Bang, next shot, it's in again. And all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard, you're out shooting a team 28-6. to You're down 2 nothing, and you start thinking in your head, like, what are we doing wrong? And frustration comes in. I think it was more frustration that, that – crept into their game a bit. Now, they kept pushing forward, but Nashville gained confidence. They're saying, oh, you know what? Here's a game that we were completely out of. We've come back here in the second period. We got a couple goals, and they got better. And after after the first period, it was more or less an even game. Both teams shot-wise fairly even. It was just the first period where the Oilers dominated. But I think it was frustration and some disbelief that crept into the Oilers' game when all of a sudden a game that they were just absolutely almost toying with the Predators in the first period, and now they're down a couple and eventually four after two, and I think the disbelief set in. I also think when Nashville got up by three, you really saw them focus on defense. I mean, blocked shots, you know, 
collapsing down in front of the net, so the Oilers had trouble getting stuff through as well. Well, they, the Oilers had disbelief, and all of a sudden, the National Predators found belief in their game. In a game that, after the first period, they're like, hey, wow, that wasn't very good. But they get up a couple goals. Now there's the belief that they can win this hockey game with their backup goalie who stood on his head. So, so yeah, the, the National Predators, after the first period ended, became much more like the National Predators can play. They played a very good road game after they got through the first, once they survived the first period. 4-0, the Predators take down the Oilers tonight. No Japanese Village goal light this evening. I mean, crazy last four games. The Oilers have been shut out twice, and we've turned on the Japanese Village goal light twice, which we do whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can go to 630ched.com slash Oilers and pick up, uh, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Rob to the show. Rob, you're on with Robin Reed. Thanks, Robin Reed, for taking my call. Uh, I gotta agree. I think that was one of the better first periods Oilers played this year. Just no puck luck. And I think uh, they need to blow up their power play. I don't know who's running their power play, but you watch all these other teams, and I don't know for some reason. There's just sucks. Well, they lost the special teams battle again, Rob. I mean, that's that's a good point. And and if you look at, you know, we often talk about sometimes when the goals are scored. Scored two. The Oilers have two power plays in the first period. Obviously, you can get the lead. Don't score on either. And then the Predators get a power play in the second period, and and they get a goal to go up two nothing. And then and then you're in a pretty big hole halfway through the game. Well, what we've what we've seen this year too with the Oilers, especially teams have killed them. I mean, they haven't. Their power play is not near where it should have been, and they have not scored the goals on their power play when they needed to. And their penalty kill, I mean, all year long has let them down and sometimes it's bad breaks or bad bounces but at the end of the day when you're 50 some percent on home ice penalty 57.8 percent i mean that is unheard of yeah it is incredible well and it just seems they're looking for the perfect pass all the time well you know what just just yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think Rob, they were they were better at shooting today on the power play. I, I think big picture. Yeah, they've they've overpassed. I think I yeah. do think they've got better shooting lately. But yes, at, at some point you got to get a key power play goal that that lets you seize control or ties it or puts you ahead, and then. You know, like Rob said, the the penalty killing has, has just been a disaster. Rob, we got to go downstairs to to Todd McClellan. Thanks a lot for calling, Coach. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Actually, scoring from goal. Well, there is, uh, there is, and when I think of the game, obviously we've got to rewatch it and analyze it a little bit better. But from uh, from that first reaction, I thought there was times where we weren't around the net and the goaltender saw it, and yet there was times where we had too many people at the net. The timing was poor. I think we had over 40, 45 shots that were uh, blocked or missed the net because of the traffic. So, um, you know, you stress getting guys there, and they go there and the shots are blocked, and other times they're not there and the goaltender's seeing it. So we were just off on, on both sides of that tonight. In the first, Todd, uh you did everything but score. You had two power plays as well. You've been drawing more power plays lately. An opportunity where your power play, you know, Oscar and a lot of guys talked about it. If we could just get that first goal, it would be such a big difference. Yeah, it makes uh, a huge difference. You saw what happened in, uh, you know, in Columbus. When you, uh, when you score first, you feel pretty good about yourselves, and, and including Montreal, and that seems to break the... Uh, 
the shell, if you will. Um, uh, again, the power play wasn't a disaster. It had created 11 shots on goal. That's that's the other thing. You look at our 11 opportunities that the goaltender had to stop. They had two. Both of them went in, and you can't blame that on our goaltender. So it was it was one of those nights. The the first goal, it seemed like a high stick for for a lot of us up in the press box. What did you see from that one? Well, in my opinion, it was a high stick too. But uh, I think what happened in that situation, and I, I could be completely wrong, is that I don't even think the referee thought it was touched by a high stick and he just pointed goal um, then they've got a goal call and it's tough to overturn a, a high stick call when it's when it's close so they get the goal and um, you know it's a break that went against us but um, we should be able to overcome one of them anyhow people may look at the box score tomorrow and think that this had something to do with goaltending I'm not saying I do can you just no it's it, it, let's go through the goals high stick Nothing he could do about it. Uh, the second one on the, the penalty kill ricochets off Nuge, uh, off Darnell, and goes right to an open player. Um, the third one, it's a broken play, and everybody just kind of paused, and a real good shooter had just rifled it. And the fourth one's a five-on-three that his cross crease, he reaches for it. There's nothing he can do about it. So uh, no one's pinning this one on the goaltender, at least from our end. To turn the page just a little bit, your team has played four pretty darn good games in a row now the results haven't been what you wanted but this team looks to be a lot more in sync than they were say two weeks ago we've seen some pretty good games out of you well you know it's I believe you're right uh, but what has to happen is there has to be some wins strung together and one of the things we talked about after was four nothing between the second and third is that we can't let the score affect mistakes and lack of structure now moving forward. I thought our team did a good job of that in the third period. We were we were disciplined. We kept playing the way we needed to play. We, we weren't all over the map. There wasn't anybody hanging their heads. Uh, so that was a positive stride. I do think we're playing better hockey than we did three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. But... Um, you can have those moral victories when you're comfortably in a uh, in a playoff position, and obviously we're not. So, um, you know, we need the wins, and that's what it's about. Todd, does this underscore how funny hockey is? You just beat up on two Vezina Trophy winners, and you got beat by two backup goalies who hardly ever play. And yeah, I never more than 40 shots both times. Never, never thought of that. Um, obviously, putting it all together, but uh, both uh, McElhaney and. Sorrows today, they had good games. They were, uh, you know, both of them made some outstanding saves. Pucks they didn't really even see, they got to. And, um, you know, you got to tip your hat to a performance like that. Well, Sorrows, the obvious first start tonight for the Predators, 46 saves. Turris, great addition to the Predators roster. He got his seventh of the year. He's the second star. Matthias Ekholm, couple of assists, was out against Connor McDavid a lot, is the third star. Rob and I present the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out MAAuctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Where are you looking? I mean... Offensively, this is a tough one to pick a four-star because the Oilers get nothing on the scoreboard, yet a number of players had a great scoring chances. The Oilers give up four, yet on the back, and it wasn't on the goaltender. You can't give it to the penalty killers because they gave up, what, two power play goals against. Can't give it to the power play guys because they got nothing. 
Um, well, we'll decline it tonight, and the next fourth star will be give given two? credit for two. Okay, we'll I like two, that. We'll give two next game. There we go. I, I, I quickly just want to talk about the reviewed goal because I know people get uh, upset about video review, and I'm going to preface this by saying the Oilers did not lose because of that goal. They, they gave up no. three legitimate goals, but we should briefly talk about it because, Rob, you and I know fans, not just who watch Oilers games, but who watch NHL games, sometimes scratch their heads above video review. This is what I saw. The end zone camera. From the from the Nashville behind the Nashville net shooting down towards the net the Oilers were defending, yep. showed Aberg had was holding his stick in the air. His glove was above the crossbar, and then his stick obviously extended above the crossbar. On that angle, it was tough to see exactly where the puck hit the stick, but on another angle, shooting diagonally into the zone from center ice in the stands, you could see the puck hit his stick above his hand. So I'm a little miffed why the people watching video review can't put two and two yes. together. Oh, if it hit his stick there, and in this angle we see his stick is there, it was too high. I, I think there's probably a lot of frustrated people out there. When something is reviewed and then it appears to, in my mind, blatantly be <laughs> incorrect well, after video. It's that, like, why have video? Well, it, it's like those videos where you see the goalie's glove behind the goal line and you know the puck is under the glove yet right. they say well we can't see the puck where the puck is well it's under the glove you know it's in the net but they can't say unless it's indisputable and I agree I, you and I you sit right below me here in the press box and we always whenever there's a review we turn back and forth and we talk about what we think and I've been in the game now. I moved away when I was 15, so I've been in the game for 34 years and I've seen I think just about everything yet I can't get more of these reviews wrong and just I'm dumbfounded afterwards how they okay how does he not see that I mean that is obvious and the the, the best way and this is the way they should actually they should just throw away the, the replay altogether and just look at the guy that scores because a guy <laughs> that scores knows if he cheated or not and on that one right there was how, what's his, it was Berg wasn't it Aberg yeah. Aberg Aberg that scored there was absolutely no motion there was no celebration after the goal because he knew that he high-sticked the puck. Now, if he would have kept the puck or the stick below the crossbar and that goes in the net, it's tough scoring in the National Hockey League. So if you score a goal, you're pretty excited. So the simple fact that Aberg does not make any sort of celebratory um, movement after the goal knows, okay, they're probably calling this one back, so I'm not going to celebrate too too big and look stupid on the the sports highlights later. So uh, you see... You say that the the goal was not the reason the Oilers lost. No, it wasn't. But when you're a team that is fighting for every point, which the Oilers are right now, where things aren't always going their way, and you've dominated a game, and they get a shot on net that is obviously a high stick, and it gets counted, it is deflating. And, And as Bob and Jack talked about it, and Todd McClellan talked about it too, you should be stronger than that as a team. But your team isn't right now. This is a team that is not living up to expectations that are in a position in the standings that no one expected to be. So everything that goes against you, especially something that obvious, it does affect you as a team. And it stunned them for a second. And all of a sudden, it was how much longer was it after that? That now uh, about just yeah, six more six minutes. Six and a half, five so and a half. Five minutes, and a yeah. half minutes later, they give up another goal. So yeah, it wasn't the reason they lost the game. No. But it certainly deflated a team that was in total control at that point. Four nothing. The Predators take it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Noah onto the show. Good evening, Noah. Say hi. Hi. Noah's being shy, but 
He's saying that he thinks that it's the curse of these new orange jerseys at home. Well, you know what? It, it, it works as well as any other theory at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all. We just wanted to say thanks for taking our call, and maybe they should try changing a jersey. Thank you. Well, unfortunately, they're not changing back the blue. <laughs> they've ad- they've adopted the orange, and they did well in the orange as an alternate. Mm-hmm. I think they were two two thirds winning percentage or something like that. But uh, something's funky on home ice this year for sure. Oilers five and ten at home, and tonight they're done in by UC Soros. His post game comments for BDO first called debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals. Licensed insolvency trustees. That is a mouthful. You got right there. You like to have as much activity as you did right off the bat. I know, you know, preferably your teammates don't want to make you have to make 46 saves, but to get 20 plus in the first 20 minutes, how does that get you into a groove? Well, of course, uh, I personally like to see see a lot of pucks. You you don't think think so much. You just go with the flow. So obviously, it was a good thing to get into the game. The power plays. I mean, that first period. Out of the three minutes in some odd, you had 11 shots there. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did, but I think we're, our penalty kill still did a pretty good job uh, keeping the shots, shots outside and let me let me see the puck. So obviously our defense was a big part of today's game. Have you ever seen 46 you know, playing junior or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I'm rolling junior last time. Like this? Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of those games. What uh, what can a game like tonight do do for you? Uh, obviously, it take, try to take the positives out of it and 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 also try to try to find something to improve. But yeah, of course, this was a good good night, but still gotta improve. What, what did Patrick say to you? <laughs> yeah, just seemed to be happy happy for me. So yeah, that was nice. But how do you feel right now? Well, I felt felt good good playing. Obviously, it was a good win. This is the second straight back-to-back, second half back-to-back that you just make over 40 saves. Do you take a little bit of pride, too, in being able to boost the team in this kind of situation? Uh, well, obviously, I try to help my team team as much as I can, but, but yeah, I like to get a lot of, a lot of shots, so, yeah, I, I like those kinds of games. Did you have a sense the game would go like this when you get in, or about 2 in the morning? Or? Uh, uh, I didn't really try to think about it. I just tried to take a... Take a shot by shot and see where it goes. You see, when you have a 46 save shutout, which is a franchise record, I mean, you're always looking to improve. But what do you look at to improve after you have such a good game? Well, there's obviously a little bit like playing with the puck. I can still help help our defense a little bit more with that, and that's one part that I've been trying to work on the last few years. That is UC Soros 46 save shutout, the most saves ever in a shutout against the Oilers. We got Nick and Brady up next on the open line. You're going to hear from Darnell Nurse. Another rough one for Edmonton. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chat. Four second period goals by the Nashville Predators and they beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-0 tonight at Rogers Place. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Nick has dialed those numbers and is on the line now. Hello, Nick. Hi, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I kind of got a revelation about like what's going on with the Oilers, too. Like I noticed we score a lot of goals, like over six, 
and then we can't seem to score the next game, whether it's zero or one. Like, it's not even two. And then uh, Dreisaitl forcing passes uh, east to west, which, you know, we, we've been talking we can't be doing anymore. And uh, um, But we played hard. I, I like the way the boys played. You know, goalie was what played well, played well, and that's all I can say. Yeah, well... I mean, especially the first period. I mean, we we yeah, I mean that's the the start the Oilers have been dreaming of on home ice all season long, but they they just were unable to score. So that was a tough one. The East West game, I think we've talked about, sometimes creeps in there for sure, Rob, as opposed to just getting in on the forecheck. We're gonna finish the play with Nick. We're looking to give you an eight day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here we go. With Brassois not necessarily in the greatest of positions. The Oilers clear back to center, right to left. Hard hit as Benning flattens Johansson, and the Oilers come thundering the other way. All right, so Benning with a big hit there, Nick. He wears number 83. Who wore number 83 for the Oilers prior? Oh, there you go. He's all over it. Nick, hang on the line, okay? That's another thing we haven't talked about tonight. I, I think Benning... Maybe, and I don't even think it's close, the best open ice hitter that the Edmonton Oilers have. He's thrown about five or six of those this year. That was an absolute clinic of a hit on, that he threw tonight on Johansson. Uh, for someone that I I didn't see that when he came up, I didn't think that would be part of his game. I think he's a, a very heady player, very smart player. Uh, I didn't see him to be a, a player that would be the, the physical player that he is. And... When it comes to open ice hits, it's absolute textbook the way that he throws them. That was a huge hit at that time. Yeah, because you got to make sure you you can't get any part of the head, right? you got to make sure it's shoulder to chest or chest, shoulder to shoulder, whatever. True, and, it, and it's got to be at the right time because you see some guys, they go running out of position to throw a big hit, and they may land the hit, but they give up a, an odd man break going the other way. Uh, you can't come across and, and miss the body and, and use knee on knee, and all of a sudden that's a penalty or... Even, you know, bigger penalty could get into a suspension. But he always seems to be solid. Shoulder right in the chest. He's very, very good at it. Oilers lose 4-0 tonight. Back down to their dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's Darnell Nurse. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I thought we did a lot of good things, to be honest with you. Um... Obviously, our uh, special teams aren't good enough, but um, when you get 46 shots, 46 shots on net, and a lot of really good chances, and none of them go in, uh, it's tough. Yeah. And on the back of the Toronto game, which was similar again, you guys had you played Toronto in that game too. Yeah, it just didn't seem to want to go in the net. Um, there's, uh, like I said, it's not like we just put pucks on that. We had a lot of really good chances and uh, just didn't seem to go in. Um, you know, we've played some some pretty good hockey here recently. Uh, we didn't get the result we wanted tonight, but uh, we just got to keep pushing. First two, I mean, the first one looked like it was high stick. Yeah. Or they say it went off a shaft, not the blade, or well, what? I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Because you immediately I don't, said that was a high stick. I don't, I don't make those calls. <laughs> I just see them right in front of me. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure... Uh, not sure what they saw, but um, and then the second one he goes off skate and he goes <laughs> like I said, you get 46 shots and, and a lot of really good chances and none of them go in and uh, a couple tough bounces going. Um, 
No, we just gotta keep pushing it. That's it. seem odd. You drove two Vezina Trophy winners to the bench, and then two backups to Estonia, who hardly ever play. Uh, yeah. It's nonsense. It's, uh... Yeah, we can always be better. Obviously, we don't get the right result. We can always be better, but um, yeah, we just gotta keep putting. Uh, we gotta get those pucks on that and stuff like that. We gotta keep that. Uh, keep that up. In the first period, you had your chances. You know, get up two or something. Yeah, we had chances all night long. Uh, first, second, and third, we had chances. Just didn't seem to. Uh, didn't, didn't convert. Um, no second opportunities, or he was making the first save. Second, obviously, there's there's rebounds out there to yeah. to be had, and I thought we. We were hungry on the paint. You saw every time the every time the whistle blew, we had guys in the paint um, banging away at, at stuff, and there's scrum. So uh, we gotta keep that up. Like I said, um, no quit in this room, and uh, we're just gonna keep pushing. Read that, Sternell Nurse. Sternell Nurse. Oilers lose four nothing to the Predators. Edmonton now nine points out of the playoffs. Brady and Ken up next. It's Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. 6.30 Ched. News, traffic, and weather together. With Global News at 10.30, I'm Kyle Morris. Right now in Edmonton, it's 2 degrees. Former federal Conservative Cabinet Minister Jason Kenney has won a seat in the Alberta Legislature. United Conservative Party leader easily beat six other candidates, including Provincial Liberal Leader David Kahn in the by-election in Calgary-Lougheed. Unofficial results indicate Kenney won 71% of the vote. NDP came in second with just over 16% and Liberals third with about 9%. Well, it's almost delivery day for 6.30 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Toys will be leaving the depot and given to families in need this weekend. Santa's Executive Director, Lannon Nordland, says they are still in need of drivers for delivery weekend, as well as more volunteers for the walk-in week next week. If you'd like to help out, you can find details at 630Ched.com. And an audit into the Edmonton Combative Sports Commission says policies weren't fully followed, especially when it comes to the medical history of fighters. It comes as a result of the in-ring death of boxer Tim Haig, who had suffered three MMA fights either by knockout or technical knockout over a 10-month period. Report outlined a total of 18 recommendations. Checking 6.30 Chad guaranteed weather. Tonight will stay mostly cloudy. We'll get down to a low of minus 1 degree. Tomorrow, a chance of showers with a high of 5. And Saturday, sunny, high of 0. Breaking news when it happens. Your next report is at 11 o'clock. I'm Kyle Morris for 6.30 Chad. News on demand at 6.30Ched.com. This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Your final tonight, Nashville 4, Edmonton nothing. All the goals scored in the second period. The Predators have won 10 straight against the Oilers. Last time Edmonton beat Nashville, March 18th of 2014. Victor Faust was the goaltender in a 5-1 win. Remember him, Rob? Barely. Ah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Brady to the show. It's ten thirty three. Brady, go ahead. Hey, Reed, Rob, how you doing tonight? Well, we're doing well. It's nice to talk to you. Well, good to talk to you again. Been a while since I called in, but uh, before I get to it, I want to ask you: Is that the last Oiler win over Nashville? Was that uh, the infamous Sergey Kostichkin incident? I think that was in that game. 
Yeah, so, no, that, uh, that was, I saw that. He came back on my uh, feed the other day. That uh, that mind change was brutal. Remember that, Rob? Oh, he changed and that, then got a two-on-one. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. Yeah, Leonard Petrell scored that goal. If you remember him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do remember him. Actually, I remember yeah. him more than I remember Victor Fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyway, I just want to touch on a few things to uh, fellas. Uh, I'll first touch on this. I heard you talking earlier about the, the no-goal call. Um, talking about, you know, deflating the team and whatnot. But if I'm going to be honest here, this team was uh, by a lot of people talked about to go to the Stanley Cup final this year or maybe or, or at least the West final to me you gotta be mentally tougher than that like you look at last year in the Anaheim series there was call after call after call that went against them they still got that series to seven they lost by a goal but you gotta be mentally tougher if if you're gonna be able to compete am I wrong no, you're you're absolutely right, and that's what we talked about it. That it was deflating for the team, and for most teams, it, it would just be a blip in the radar, and they would just move on. But for a team that's struggling, a team that is uh, looking up in the standings and wondering why they're where they at and not reaching expectations, it's more deflating. And yeah, this this team has not shown to have the the mental strength that it had last year. That every time they have a, a good night, it seems like the next night they go back, go back a step. So, yeah, it, it it did affect them. It affects all teams. It probably is affecting the Oilers a little bit more when things go wrong, simply because they're they they're probably feeling everything is going wrong for them this year. Yeah, and that's fair enough, and I, I agree with that. But you know, I, I'll just say this, one more thing on it before I move to the next thing, and that's uh, I I think that you know at this point you just gotta. You got to put it behind you, and you got to play the game. But uh, what I really wanted to touch on tonight was it, it seems like, like tonight, I I don't think there's a lot I didn't like about the Oilers game. They dominated the first. Nashville had played better in the second and third, but I still, for the, I mean, you guys can tell me whether you disagree or not. It, I still thought overall the Oilers were the better team. But uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, what this comes down to is again the special teams. I mean, what is it, three power play goals tonight for Nashville? Two, um, yeah, yeah two. two, two for three on the power play. Yep. Okay, two for three on the power play. Fair enough. Uh, two power play goals. The penalty kill at home has been, I think, it's fair to say, absolutely horrendous. Well, that's putting it mildly. Yeah. That's polite. That's putting it absolutely <laughs> mildly. That's putting it very mildly. And uh, the Oilers got to be better. They had power play opportunities, and I think horrendous is again generous when it comes to the power play at home. So. Uh, what do you guys see on that? I'll, I'll let you go on that. The special team's got to be better. Uh, this team, I think I talked to my I'll – I'll just say this before I go. I was talking to my buddy uh, earlier in the night that I was at the game with, and I think if the Oilers can have a good good to great January, they can get themselves back in the hunt. they got a lot of divisional games there, a lot of opportunity to climb. But, you know, that's, this special team's has got to change. What do, yeah. you, what do you see there? Yeah, here all. Thanks for calling. Very good. Uh, good call, Rob. Here's the here's the even more confusing thing about the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Down to fifty seven point eight percent at home, eighty three point one on the road. So it's not like they're incapable no. of, of of killing a penalty. No, no, not at all. Um, well. The way the National Hockey League is, if you have good goaltending and good specialty teams, you're going to have a good hockey club. And the Oilers this year, um, the goaltending has been okay at best. Mm -hmm. 
Over, uh, overall. Overall. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not great, but okay. Uh, and their specialty teams have been terrible. Yep. And because of that, they are where they are in the standings. Uh, it's not the coaching staff and the players aren't blind to that fact. They know they need to get better. They're they're trying to make improvements. We saw in their power play tonight that they had a shoot first mentality and have for the last few games. So that is a step forward. Um, the penalty kill. <laughs> I mean, it's one still, was a five-on-three. Yeah, and, and yes, and it was a beautiful but, play five-on-three as well. So, and the other one was a, a just a, an unlucky break. It, it it goes off Nuge's skate, goes off Nurse's pad, and ends up on a a wide-open net for for the the Nashville Predator players. So, but it still has to get better. Yeah. Um, to me, I looked at the other schedule and I thought you're not going to. Uh, make the playoffs this month, but I think that you could actually put yourself out of it on December well, they're 31st. Getting they're yeah. getting close. Just, they, they're playing all division or conference games for the remainder of the month, I believe. On December 31st. Uh, yeah, just the Canadians. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, just the one. So on December 31st, if they are not within five or six points, then I think they're in trouble. And now tonight, I think they're, they're nine points out. And they're they're nine points out, and then there's another a bunch of other teams that are seven points at them. The, the the Las Vegas is now, I believe, 15 points up on them. Is that what it is? And ex, the expansion team. Edmonton's got 28. Uh, Vegas will now have 42. 42. So, six, so 16. Four, yeah. Six. No. no 14. 14, 14 points. So the others. Well, they, I mean, they're they're not going to finish top three in the division no, no. if they get in. They're gonna they're gonna have well, to I be mean, a wild card. The, yeah. Well, though I guess San Jose still San Jose there. has thirty seven. So they're seven. They're third. They're, they're, they're nine they're, behind. They're nine out of the division and nine out of the the wild card. But yeah, you have to pass everybody. A lot of teams. And you know, again, here we are coming up to the halfway point of the season. Well, I guess still ten games away from that, but. Two two-game winning streaks, one other two-game stretch where they got points in back-to-back games, and six and five in their last eleven would be okay if you'd bank more points earlier in the season. I mean, every every team's going to have a ten to fifteen-game yes. stretch where they're five hundred-ish, mm-hmm. a game below or a game above. But th- there's been no sustained run, and now now you see the real crippling effect of some of those early games on home ice where they were they were sloppy. Yep. They weren't playing detailed. They were trying to make big plays. They weren't making smart decisions at both blue lines because now you've had two of the last four games where you've played reasonably well and got tons of shots on goal, and you've had a hot goalie and you haven't got the puck to go in. If you have more wins in the bank, you can kind of look at these, not laugh them off, but sort of be like, "Well, it's, it's bound to happen," you know. But now these are like these are crippling. Yeah, well, losses. you're right. These hey, are dangerous hey, losses. And you said it best. They they didn't bank enough points. You bank points, and you you go and play games that you should win. You take positives out of them, and you think, "Well, you know what? We had a good game tonight against Nashville. You know what? Let's build off of that." Instead. Because of where you are in the standings, because of a terrible start to the season, the grip tightens, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now there's more pressure, and, and and it's hard to play under pressure. You know, both the the two best Canadian teams last year, playoff wise, were the Oilers and the Ottawa Senators, who went into the season with no pressure at all. Neither team was expected to do anything, and it's fun playing that way with no pressure. But when there's expectations, it's harder, and when the expectations aren't met. Well, then now the pressure starts to build on you, and it gets tougher. And when you play good games and you don't win when you have good games, now it's even bigger. It's more magnified. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Oilers right now. The frustration comes in because they're doing the right things, and they're not getting rewarded for it. 
but they're paying the price from the slow start. Whenever the Oilers score a goal, Booster Juice gives $25 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total for the season holding steady tonight, $2,275. Oilers lose 4-0 to Nashville. Ken is on the open line. Ken, we really appreciate you calling. Go ahead. Um, thanks. Um, so, um, <clears throat> what I've heard, and I've heard this all season, that the um, um, the golds that um, got by uh, Rossclaw, he doesn't appear to have had any chance on any of them, and that seems typical for all the way the goals that have been scored have uh, been described. Now, the other guy had 46 shots as Soros. So, therefore, following your logic, none of he did not have four shots that were as hard as the ones that... No, that's well, not true. No, that's Soros, not true. Soros played really well. He stood on his head. Soros yeah, stood so on his head. That's right. So, every time we meet somebody like Soros, who I've never heard again, heard of, and probably won't hear much about him in the future... We make these guys look like George Vezina. Well, I mean, it, it, it happens. It, it does. What was it? A couple times, who was the Scrivens? Stood on his head against the San Jose Sharks in a game where the San Jose's probably, oh, it's Scrivens. We're going to light him up. And they had 50-some shots. 59. 59 shots. And, and players, I mean, the goaltenders that are in the National Hockey League, even if they're backup goaltenders, they're quality goaltenders. And they have the ability to have nights like we saw tonight. The difference between them and starters is they don't have the consistency to do it. And that's what you saw. So, I mean, the next game the Soros plays, he could let in five in the first period and be pulled because he doesn't have the consistency. But they do have the ability to put together nights like McElhaney did the other night and nights like Saros did tonight, just like we saw uh, Price and, and um, Bobrovsky, two Vezina Trophy winners, have off nights. They don't do it very often, but there is that oppor- there, there is that chance that they could have those bad nights. So, uh, Saris was was excellent tonight. He got an opportunity, took advantage of it. I don't think it was the Oilers making him look good. I give credit to the kid. I thought he was he he, he had a game of his life, and he was rewarded for it. Four nothing. Nashville takes it. Time for more of your calls, more post-game reaction coming up. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. So the Oilers lose again at home. They're 5-10 and 10 at Rogers Place. Nashville takes it 4-0 tonight as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Vegas, amazing. 2-1 over Pittsburgh. The Lightning beat the Coyotes 4-1. San Jose wins 3-2 in Calgary. Colorado gets by Florida 2-1. Chicago knocks off the Jets 5-1. Minnesota blanks Toronto 2-zip. The Ducks over the Blues 3-1. Montreal beats New Jersey 2-1 in overtime. Blue Jackets outscore the Islanders 6-4. Flyers edge the Sabres 2-1. And Washington gets a 5-3 win in Boston. Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, my adjustment would be to 
request all the games be played on the road. <laughs> but I guess at least for the next game, it'll be an adjustment because the Oilers are at Minnesota on Saturday afternoon. Well, you could also accidentally lose your home sweaters for a game or two just so that you have to wear the away ones once in a while. It is mind-boggling, man. It, 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 but the thing is, it's mind-boggling, is they played so well to start the period. Like, they did everything right in the first period. And to come out of it without a lead, to me, I, I, I think that was disheartening for the team. And right now, the the confidence level isn't high enough to overcome that. And we see it all the time, that one team will dominate, they don't get rewarded, and that all of a sudden they find themselves down in the hockey game, and that's what happened tonight. Predators have won 10 straight against the Oilers. Their coach for BDO first called debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees is Peter Laviolette. Have you ever seen one like that, that lopsided shot-wise and lopsided score-wise? Um, you know, the, most of the damage was done in the first period. You know, we, I don't think we were, were quite ready in the first. I mean, he did some goaltending in the second period. I thought it, we played a lot better game and evened things out a little bit. But um, you know what the shots were at the end of one, 22 to four. So there's the whole differential right there. This is not only tonight, but two straight games that you say had performances like this, but especially tonight, how important was he? Well, it was, how important, it was really important. He was really good. Um, like I said, especially in the first period, you get outshot 22-4, 22-3, and you walk in 0-0. You're thankful that your goalie was ready to play and gave us, gave us an opportunity to win a hockey game. So, like I said, we got one in the second and were able to capitalize on some situations and um, score some goals. But, you know, without him playing the way he did in the first period we don't have a chance what do you put the slow start down to yeah you know i don't know it could be anything we traveled five hours out to vancouver played last night went to bed at four in the morning it's probably not conducive to a good start but every team goes through it and there's no excuses we need to be better right from the start and we weren't but our goaltender gave us a shot what does this say to you when you do find a way to win in a game this, again, you know, it, the, the performance that he had tonight, but especially in the first period when we weren't very good, um, says a lot about him and the way he's playing right now to be able to handle that many quality chances and that many shots on net and for our guys to respond the way they did in the second period, come out and play play better, shoot, uh, get, get going offensively and uh, try to make some things happen. So it was uh, it was good in the second. Peter, is that as much of a mark of a good team or a balanced team when you don't have the best start to a game and you're still able to find a way to turn it back around and win? It it is. I think you know, with regard to that, but you can't you can't always bank on that. 22 out of 22 saves in the first period. So yeah, I mean we responded after the first, but um, and then I think when you're confident in your group when the group is confident they can go out and play like that they realize that they weren't at their best and try to turn things around but certainly not you know not what we want to do Peter Lavi lets Predators are now 27 and 4 on the season the Oilers are 13 17 and 2 we have Rocket on the open line welcome to the show Rocket Hey how you doing guys good I was just uh you know it's uh it's it's frustrating watching but you see, you know, signs of improvement, and and and, it, and it's starting to come around. But I, I got to tell you, like, it's uh, I know it's frustrating for Edmonton fans, but I really think this team has what it takes to get to a playoff point. It's not happening yet, 
but I think it's I, you know, I, I honestly think that this team is playing so much better over the last ten, ten games that uh, that this thing's going to turn around and they're going to go on a they're they're going to go on a run. It's not going to be like win loss win loss win loss. It's going to be win win win. Well, I hope so, Rocket, and they're going to need something like. For starters, even winning four out of six or 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 five out of seven, because they're they're the hole they're in is is getting pretty deep. Nine points out of the playoffs. Rob made a good point. Some important games coming up between now and the new year, and certainly when we're we're sitting here on December thirty first, Rob will will have a better ind- indication of of the chances they'll have in twenty eighteen. Hey, I'm on location tomorrow, buddy. Where are you going to be? They're letting me out of the out of Ched. Well, I guess I get to come here. But they're letting me go somewhere else even. Well, I'm actually at Northlands Coliseum where we used to be all the, all the time. Uh, I'm going to be doing Inside Sports live from 6 to 8. Of course, the game tomorrow, Spruce Grove Saints against Okotoks Oilers. Last scheduled hockey game at the Coliseum. Rob, and it's in support of 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous and Spruce Grove Connect. So that'll be fun to be there. Yeah, it will be awesome. And it's delivery weekend for 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous Saturday and Sunday. Remember, you can show up at our depot, 9.30 a.m. Saturday, 12122 68th Street. Remember to bring your license and proof of insurance and uh, keep it on 6.30 Chet all weekend for updates on deliveries, santasanonymous.ca for more info as well. No, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool being at Northlands for the last ever game. And uh, obviously, pretty cool. Anything that helps out Santa's Anonymous. And I think uh, I think Ryan Smith's going to drop by for an interview tomorrow, so that'll be fun. I thought you were about to say he was going to play in that game. That would be really I think cool. he's too old. He's, I, I think he's an over, over, over he's age. A, he's a well over age <laughs> <laughs> to play for the... Well, he owns the Spruce Grove Saints now, so he can, he'd play for them. Well, you know what? No one will notice. He just, like... I was going to say put on a mullet, but he's already got one, so he doesn't even have to <laughs> oh, worry geez. about that. There we go. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. And, uh, hey, sports-wise, the Eskimo schedule actually came out today, so you can go to our website and check that out as well. They've got an extra bye week this week, this year. The league has, uh, they announced that during the season that they'd be doing a 21-week season, so all teams get three bye weeks instead of two. Safety reasons. For player safety, Grey Cup, November 25th. In? Edmonton. Wow. That's pretty cool. That'll be cool if Edmonton was in it. That'd be great. That would be good. Rob, thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, looking looking forward to uh, a nice afternoon with you on Saturday. Hopefully they keep getting the shots and the goals... So it's every second game, last four games. I don't care how many shots. They hopefully get some goals next game. Oilers at Wild, 10.30 a.m. face-off show on Saturday. The game will start at noon. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Predators take down the Oilers 4-0. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.